Back to our series, looking at the one another passages in Scripture. Today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, bearing one another's burdens. Next. If you ever needed proof that Lone Ranger Christianity is not valid, you need look no further in God's Word than all of those one another statements. Today we'll do just that as we look at what it means to bear one another's burdens. We are a part of the community of Christ, and we need to live like it. It's part of our One Another series here on a weekend edition of Truth For Today. Welcome to the program. By the way, I've got to save the date for you. June 4th It's coming up. Saturday, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 at Valley Bible Church at the Family Life Center. We have great food, great fellowship. It's the Truth For Today listener celebration with our special guest, Ron Walters. It's going to be a marvelous evening, and you are at the center stage of it all. Plan on joining us, won't you? More information at the close of our broadcast. Again, the date is June 4th at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For now, here's Pastor Phil with today's program. If you were a grace believer, not a legalist, if you were a spirit-filled believer, you'd have the gumption and the spirit that would restore without endorsing. We're not endorsing the sin. We're restoring. We're not saying it's good to break your bone. We're saying we'll set it if you do. That's what he's saying. Then he goes on to say, bear one another's burdens. I know that's your favorite verse. And so fulfill the law of Christ. The only law of Christ I can think of is love one another. It's the only law that I, he says in the Gospels, that the love fulfills all the law demanded. So let the love of Christ be at work in us. And one of its evidences is that we help bear one another's loads. Uh, what kind of loads in life should we help people uh, with? Well, let's, let's just take for sure medically. I mean, what's the big fight in our country, whether it's Obamacare or your medical insurance, whatever? I know that I'll need help to maintain this body. I'll need help. I'll need help if I get cancer. I'll need help if I develop this problem. I'll, I need help. Physically, I'm very concerned that my family, I'll pay enough premium that my children, that my wife can get help. I can't help them when they're sick. So we just assume that. Did you know the two-thirds world doesn't have medical insurance? Did you know in the two-thirds world that they get toothaches? And there's no one there to pull the tooth or to give a shot of Novocaine, they actually get sick in the two-thirds world. Did you watch Jimmy Carter, the special that he's gone throughout the world ever since he quit being the president, fighting, I forget, I think it's the guinea worm that uh, you get through drinking uh, infected water, drinking water where animals have defecated. And all kinds of disease. Because they don't have a treatment plant. Boy, we're so spoiled. We think everybody lives like we do. No, they don't. 
Two-thirds don't. Where do they go when they're sick? The cemetery or a witch doctor. We take for granted because of our opulence and our prosperity. I get access to a doctor. After five surgeries since I was 53, I want to tell you, I need medicine. When I was, had my back operated, had a triple fusion that was in Oakland Kaiser, and on the night shift, I got the young bloods. They were more busy putting a lip lock on nurses than they were helping me. And see, at my, my window, I, it was like a mirror. And I've come out from this surgery, I'm sick. The only thing between me and help was a buzzer if I had the strength to get it. But the shift was young, and the night, night shift is the scariest for the patient. Will they be awake? Well, I saw all these young people in this one area. They were just cutting up with each other and doing more courting than medicine. Finally, a guy answered, came to me. I'll tell you what really looked good, what really looked good. The next morning, they put me in the orthopedic ward with a black sister from Oakland named Phyllis. Every time I go to the Oakland Kaiser, I look Phyllis up to plant one on her because I named her Angel. She knew how to take care of me. She was sympathetic. She was kind. Her face just, I said, you look like an angel to me, Phyllis. That crew up there weren't interested. But you know what you're doing. And my own daughter got her also. Wonderful nurse. Man, we don't thank God enough for great medicine, great nurses, and great people that help you get you well. That's one instance. Uh, let me give you some. I'll just name these. Uh, you know, I never thought of it before, but guess what? Jesus needed help carrying the cross. And they recruited a man by the name of Simon from Cyrene. I often thought, would I have helped him on that day? One of the black spirituals my family grew up with. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. Actually helped Jesus because he'd gone all night without rest, had six trials, had been beaten to a pulp, had bled severely, and Simon, and Simon's two sons show up in Romans 16. Two of his boys came to faith. What about uh, widows and orphans that James said, true religion is to care for people who can't help themselves. Widows, they didn't have social security. They didn't have welfare. In Palestine, if you were a widow, you could most likely starve to death. And he said, your religion ought to have room to encompass people that can't help themselves. Maybe so poor, poverty. See, our country's a long ways from a depression of the 30s. But my own people were helped by other church people. They were fed. They were helped. It, it, it just... Uh, we help through our agape fund. We don't push the agape fund, but every year you people give about $60,000 a year that we dispense to people. That it's, it's humiliating to be broke. It's humiliating not to be able to pay the rent. 
It's humiliating to have to go to the doctor and you can't pay for your kid's help. You, about $60,000 unsolicited, join our offering envelope. It says there, agape. That is $60,000 unbudgeted. We don't give it out if it doesn't come in. But you've been giving it for over 40 years. Because we don't want to lose a sensitivity to poor people. And people that don't have the money. People that lack clothing and food. James said, if you claim to have faith and you see a brother in need of clothing, and none of us hardly see that. We don't want to see it. We stay away from it. And they're lacking food. And you say, I've got great faith, and you don't help him. James questions our faith. Faith is willing to get involved. Uh, he says here in, in chapter 6, 6, help those that instruct others in the word. Because in the early church, they had itinerary teachers, and their support was primarily uh, from the love of the saints. Pastors, most pastors in the New Testament were never supported. Uh, they just, they didn't. They had the right to be, but the people as a whole weren't able to support them very much. Uh, I think of the uh, Matthew 7 that we often use in a negative way. Uh, it, if your brother has a speck in his eye, you should be able to take it out, right? I can't hear you. Really, what it is, Jesus uses it to say, now, if you've got a log in your eye, and it's a humorous illustration. If your problem is bigger than the one you're trying to help, don't go into eye surgery. You're not qualified. But the ideal, have you ever gone to the eye doctor and you wanted somebody with good vision to work on your eyes? Anybody had cataract surgery? LASIK surgery? Yeah. I hope they have good vision. And I hope the doctor has a good brain when he's working on my brain. And he's really saying there, if you've got a bigger problem, a big log, don't be worried about getting specks out of other people's eyes. You need to deal with your issues that are bigger. But the idea would be that your eye is whole. And even if a brother's got a speck, whatever, you could help. But you'd have to be whole. And these people who are doing the restoring, he said, they're humble. The people of the Spirit. The people that have a gentle manner about them. And they're willing to get involved. And they're not full of uh, unforgiveness, grudges, grievances, mad at everyone. No, 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 no. Please don't work on me. I want somebody that's well to work on me. Not arrogant, not, not uh, conceited, but I want someone that I view as a person of the Spirit. And God could use you to bring restoration to me. We ought to be bearing one another's burdens, but we have to be healthy ourselves to do it. And I think of other things. Um, we ought to, he said in Romans 15, 1, we ought to bear with the infirmities of the weak. And the weak there are weak believers that stumble and get offended over everything. Some believers are easily offended over liberty issues. Can you go to a movie? Can you not? Uh, can you drink wine? Not. 
all these issues that Christians differ, different cultures, different backgrounds. And he said, hey, if you're a strong believer, you ought to help that weaker brother in knowledge. And, and they have all these scru- uh, scruples. Uh, help them. Don't run them down for their ignorance. Help them. Bear their infirmity with them. Paul even gave up a lot of rights to help people that didn't believe in them. Would you? Uh, I think uh, uh, so many other instances. Uh, what about uh, helping people in hard times? I think of uh, Jesus in Gethsemane. I'm always moved by that. There's only two things he wanted from the disciples. Two things. Would you pray with me? And would you stay with me without going to sleep? And uh, I, I must say, I've been with a lot of different widows, either after the death, during the death, or before the death of their loved ones. Who wants to come close in death? I meant to see a man last week had to do taxes and everything else on Monday, couldn't get there, thought I'd go on Tuesday. By the time I got there, he had gone home to be with the Lord. Thank God for our deacons who got there. Do you show up when people are in the midst of the trial of death? Do you show up at that time? It's an amazing thing. I think of ways we can bear one another burdens. I just want to give you some simple uh, illustrations that uh, I'll never forget. Uh, I remember when we were taking care of Carolyn's brother, who's dying of uh, brain cancer, uh, lived with us for 22 months before he died. We were out in the foyer uh, when the donut and coffee thing was over this way in the warmer months. And uh, for some reason, Carolyn and I were talking, I believe it was us two or she was talking with someone, and Richard Armstrong heard him. And uh, because we had to take him, him being a vet, we had to take him to Travis Air Force Base uh, every day for chemo. This was going to go on for something like 10 weeks. And Carolyn just said, I got to figure out this. She was working at the church at the time. How are we going to do this? How are we going to? And uh, just talking. And all of a sudden, Richard Armstrong said, well, well, have you told the deacons about this? Said to me. I said, no, this is a family matter. This isn't a church matter. He said, well, when did the pastor's home quit, become a private matter? We care. Pastor, do you care if I ask some men to help? Different men that I don't even know, they were set up on a routine. One would take one day One would take another day, another day. They took that man for his chemo for over 10 weeks, a man that was anti-evangelical, a man who'd gone into a gay lifestyle, and a man who was witnessed to every day and was finally led to Christ in this church by the kindness of God's people. Ah, kindness. That's not too hard. Just one day, drive to Travis, wait till he has chemo, bring him home. But they bore a great burden in our household, just helping a dying man. 
You see, there's some people I see, they never see any needs. And some days I'm drowning. I see so many. I'm wondering who's going to meet them. Who's going to meet them? I can't be everywhere at the same time. Can't be every place. And I ask, are there any burden bearers? Uh, I think of our choir. They do some remarkable stuff. We just had a, a, a woman in our church, had her third child. No one to wait on her. No husband. The choir set up, and Dolores Wiley was feeding her, taking her meals. The choir just bought her baby, this stuff, that stuff. Another gal, they were rescuing out of a life of prostitution, had four children. The Lottie Baudiers took the four boys, trained them, fed them, housed them. And while the mama was coming out of drugs and prostitution, is it worth it? Or do you just want them when they're clean? Doesn't matter. You don't have to be that down on luck and that far into sin to need someone carry the burden that you may be carrying. A good word, according to Proverbs, is that a good word lifts anxiety from the heart. It's great. I I just, I I wrote that verse down. I was looking at it this morning. I'll give you the verse. It's 1225. 1225. A good word lifts anxiety. Let me ask you this. Are you a person that plants good words in people that are burdened? Just a good word. It won't cost you a dime. Do you have a good word? You ought to think about it. I wouldn't come to church without a verse if I were you. I learned it from my dad. He said, never go to church without a verse to give to a child of God. Just encourage them. Is that one of your missions being here today? How many people did you plan to encourage today? He said, well, that's what we pay you to do. I'm not the whole body. He said, you, us, the body, ought to bear one another's burdens, right? One another's burdens. Uh, On and on. Uh, I could wear you out telling you the stories of people who have borne the burdens. I'm going to close finally and say the person who bears the burdens the most is our God. He said in Isaiah, he carried all of our transgressions. He bore all of our penalty. See, one thing you can't do for a person, you cannot carry their sins because you can't forgive them. You can't enable them to overcome this sin. Only their God can do that. And he said, call on me and I will forgive. Call on me and I'll lift the anxiety. Call on me. Now, you can't make them call on the Lord. You can't make them do that. But we can always remind them that the Lord Jesus has borne our transgressions, borne our sin. And I've got a great message for a burdened world, a lost world, a world where nobody seems to care at times. Our God, in the person of Jesus Christ, came to bear the penalty and the load of sin that you can never pay. And when you come to Christ, you find this incredible load shifting off your back. Uh, When I first met Carolyn, she used to play. I'd sometimes come up to their house, and she'd be playing the piano. And she always played this song. It's old. It's simple. 
Real simple. Let me just give you the words. I still see her playing it. Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Isn't that simple? Troubled soul, the Savior can see every heartache and tear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Oh, I love the song, Our Great Savior. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me. Foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Then that marvelous chorus, hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. I'm no longer bearing the load of sin. I do not bear my sins. I put my trust in the sin bearer. I don't carry anxiety any longer than crying on the Lord because it's a sin for the Christian to worry. He says, when I am afraid, I will trust. I will trust and not be afraid. Psalm 55. Isn't that amazing? He says, when I am afraid, I will trust. Then he just turns right around. He says, I will trust in you and not be afraid. You got the choice to worry or pray. So we worry as long as we don't pray. He can't make you call on him. And you don't have to carry the load of sin. And if you're here without Christ, the load of sin, if you think it's heavy now, you can't imagine what it will be in eternity. It never gets lighter. It gets heavier until it grinds you, as it were, into nothing. But Christ said, I will bear your transgressions. I will bear your sins. And the Father will transfer all the weight of it as, if, as though I were a scapegoat. And you can escape, and he alone will pay for it. This is our gospel. I don't know why we can't give it away. I don't know what keeps people from taking it. How long do you want to live under the weight and the burden of your sins and face eternity with God and say, I never would trust your son to bear my weight of sin. But this is the gospel. God has sent his son to bear a weight you cannot bear. Only Christ can bear it. And he wiped it away. We've been called to bear one another. Christ has borne us. Christ has given us his spirit. And he's given us a new commandment. I am telling you, love one another. And part of that loving will bear their burdens as you're able, as you can. A good word, maybe a garment, maybe food, uh, maybe to be with them in the sorrow of life. Maybe a loved one's died. It's lonely vigil. Would you be willing to be near? Would you be willing to be near? God's Design for Life. That is the title of the series that today's broadcast has been taken from, and you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. 
As we close out our time together today, we would like to invite you to join us for a marvelous celebration. You know, for almost 20 years now, next year will be 20 years, Truth For Today has been airing on this radio station. As our way of saying thank you for being a part of that ministry, we're inviting you to save the date and then join us. June 4th, that's a Saturday, 4.30 till 7.30 in the afternoon. Here at Valley Bible Church at the Family Life Center, we have a celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today radio ministry. Again, our way of saying thank you for being a part of this ministry. It is our hope and prayer that you are growing in grace, that you find these broadcasts encouraging and helpful to you. If you've got testimonies and um, just stories of how the broadcast has encouraged and helped you in your relationship with Christ, we'd love for you to join us as we celebrate together God's amazing goodness towards us as we have continued this ministry here on this radio station. So save the date. Again, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 at Valley Bible Church. For information and details, simply give us a call at 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website for further information, truthfortodayradio.org. And again, that phone number is 855-833-9864. It's a celebration I know you'll be blessed by. So make it a point to join us again June 4th, 430 to 730 at Valley Bible Church. Again, call for details, 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 